Hello and welcome to AnyGames Talent Talk, a show where I sit down and talk to various people from the anime and video games industry to learn a bit more about them, the projects they've been involved with, and the characters they've brought to life. I'm your host Joel, and today I'm talking to a very special guest, an actress from the anime industry who's worked on the likes of Citrus, High School DxD, Steinsgate, Overlord, and a ton of other things. Uh, today we're talking to Megan Shipman. Megan, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Nice and early here, but uh, it's good to good to be able to sit down and talk to you. Yeah, thanks. It's good to talk to you too. Uh, so you've been around in the anime industry for for a while now. Are you able to talk about what you got, uh, how you got started as a voice actor, what you got into, how you got into wanting to do anime roles? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of anime, and I was a big fan growing up. Um, like my first my first animes that I watched were like Fruits Basket, and I think I also think uh, well, you know, that not not counting Pokemon because you know everyone watched mm-hmm. Pokemon before they knew what anime was. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I like the first time I ever watched stuff and like recognized it as anime was like Fruits Basket and also Spirited Away was one of the very first things I watched where I was like, this is anime. Um, and so, uh, and then I got even more into like Sailor Moon because then you go back and you're like, oh, these things I watched when I was really young, those are also anime. So like I'm gonna go look at these again with like a new perspective and stuff like that. So it was crazy. It was cool. But then I, I grew up and I never really thought to myself, oh, I want to be a voice actor. I I more so just kind of went along and I was, um, I always did choir. And so, you know, when I went, ended up going to college, I went for music and I got a degree in music education. Uh, but while I was in college, um, I met someone that also was from Dallas uh, that had done work for Funimation in high school. And uh, she doesn't work there anymore now. She kind of moved on with her life, lives in a completely different state, doing completely different things. Um, but at the time, she she was working for them doing stuff. And she was so nice enough to introduce me to some people. And uh, I was able to, you know, make connections and network. And um, eventually they had uh, open auditions come around. So then we did open auditions, which they just, they, it's more for getting your voice on file. It's not for a specific show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, when we, when I did that, I then luckily got, start getting called back to do more auditions or do Walla sessions, which is where you do like, you know, background characters or, you know, background Ad- noise. Additional voices credits. Yeah. Yeah. Additional voices, stuff like that. Exactly. And, um. And so I just, it kind of snowballed from there. But yeah, I did, before, before college, I never realized that Funimation was located in Dallas, which is where I grew up. Um, so I never realized at the time that it was where I lived. And, and um, so, yeah, it, it, when I found that out, I was like, I want to do that. Cause I, I thought like, uh, cause I love, I love Dallas and I just thought, you know, oh, it's only in L.A. or in these big cities, so I can't do it yeah. because I don't want to move. I don't want to. I don't want to leave my home. Uh, but then I found out it was here, and I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna try to do it. And it, luckily, it it worked out, <laughs> and it, you know, it worked out for me. So it was. That's kind of how I got started. And but because of all the simul dubbing now, they don't really have a lot of open auditions. Um, so unfortunately, like. It's it's a lot harder. I mean, simul dubs have pros and cons. Um, but yeah, so you know, the way I got in is completely different to how someone could get in today because they don't have a, have time to do as many open auditions or stuff like that. So it's 
it's it was all kind of luck and it all kind of snowballed and and you know it was great i i mean i'm having a great time so so a bit of luck and a, a bit of hard work mm-hmm, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so what challenges are involved in being a voice actor that uh, people on the outside wouldn't even think about being a challenge or may not realize? There's a lot of challenges. It's you have it's a lot of self-motivation, um, like self-motivation to put yourself out there and, you know, you know, show people your talent. And also, you know, there can be I, I'm a huge proponent of like you can you can make a lot and do a lot with without spending like thousands of dollars to make yourself sound amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You can get a great sound from a home setup that doesn't cost thousands of dollars. Um, but yeah, you can, but, but a lot of times after a certain point, you do have to kind of invest in yourself, you know, get those nice headshots, get a nice demo reel made. And, and those are like, those are, that's time, that's money that you have to save up and really, motivate yourself like I'm going to save this money and this is what I'm going to use it for I'm going to use it for myself to further my career hopefully um and also you know and and with any kind of acting it's it's like you're never guaranteed work uh which is why a lot of people will tell you you know hey if you're starting and you need to also have another job that you do because there's no way that this is going to pay your bills because when you first start out, there's no way that um, there's no way that it's going to pay your bills because you're never guaranteed any work. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of have to just g- going in, you have to realize like, you know, you're going to have to work hard. Um, you're not going to be like the most popular person on the Internet, you know, <laughs> when you get to be in an anime. Um, I mean, I it, I still am like. I'm surprised people even know who I am sometimes because I've just I've just told myself like, you know, don't expect, you know, fame and fortune because I think a lot of people now they just want to be an anime because they want, you know, they're like, oh, it, it looks so cool. And and it can look like glamorous when you go to conventions and you see all these guests and they it sounds like a dream because you get to travel and meet people. But I honestly I this past year was the first year I ever really went to cons and was mildly successful at going to cons because it took a lot of hard work um to get there to where people you know saw my name and were like oh yeah I've I've seen that name in things and it's hard it's it's a lot of hard work and so you have to be a lot of times you have to be patient with yourself mm-hmm. um but and also just be confident in yourself at the same time you know if you're not booking work you know figure out why instead of saying well I suck at voice acting Figure out, you know, maybe why you're not booking roles. Maybe, maybe take a class. Maybe, you know, to to go and and not only learn something, but also network with other people. Uh, and basically to, yourself. yeah, yeah, yeah. Work on yourself and and use that time when you're not getting work to improve. And then people will people will eventually see that you're working hard to improve yourself, and they'll start, you know, giving you more chances and and doing more things. So it's that's one thing I think a lot of people, they just immediately expect, oh, I'm in an anime, great, like, you know, instant gratification kind of, but it's a very mm-hmm. slow process. And where you see people, they get cast in a big show like Dragon Ball Z, and then people think, oh, my God, this is their first big role when really they've been working their, their butt off for, you know, five to ten years before they even landed this big, high-profile role. You know, people will work really hard and 
for like 10, five to 10 years before they get cast in like a big profile role. Like, oh, I'm now I'm, you know, I'm Deku in My Hero Academia or mm. something like that, you know, and people see that and they're like, oh, wow, I've never heard of, you know, this person before. But now they're in this starring in this big, you know, show and it's really amazing. And wow, they just kind of broke onto the scene and when really they've been no, working and doing this. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work and they've been doing it probably for five to 10 years before they even got that part. Um, so it's, that's what I think what a lot of people don't think of is there's a lot of work that goes into it before you even get to having that, you know, quote, big role or, you know, breakout moment, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's something I think a lot of people, they don't, they don't really think about, but when you tell them, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I just never thought of it before. You don't start at the top in any job, oh. I don't think. Oh no. I remember my first con I went to, I, nobody knew who I was. Um, <laughs> I barely had any roles to my name, uh, but this con was nice enough to invite me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I sold any autographs. Uh, hardly anyone came up to, to like, to me. I remember going to panels and having like two people in my panels. Uh, but instead of being discouraged, I, I really was just like, you know, I'm so happy that you two people are here. <laughs> Let's have a great conversation for an hour and let me get to know you because you guys are awesome. And, and, it, and, and so instead of like taking it as, oh, I didn't have enough people. I'm not, I'm not famous enough. You know, you know, I see, I saw that more as a, it's humbling to see like, you know, yeah, you got invited to a con, but two people are here, <laughs> you know, you're not, yeah, yeah. you're, you're, pan, you're not packing the panel rooms yet. So don't, don't get crazy here. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, it, but it's also a good time to get to know those people that are there. Cause they, if they do know you, that means they really like you and you can, you can really connect with that fan and, 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 you know, then they'll be like, maybe they'll go to their friends and be like, oh my God, I met so-and-so this weekend. Cause I heard her in this and she's so sweet and you should go watch the show. She, you know, it, it's, it's just about making connections with people and, and being genuine and then, you know, from, and just being nice and, and people, that's what I, that's kind of my motto in life. I'm like, you know what, be nice and, and do your thing and it'll all, it'll all work out. It'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And people, yeah. Like you said, people will remember that. Yeah. And they do. And, and I, I still have people that, you know, I did a few cons up in Philadelphia, New Jersey, like, cause I always forget Texas is so big. Like I can drive eight hours and not leave Texas, but you drive, you know, two hours up in Philadelphia and New Jersey and you're like, and you go through three different States. Um, <laughs> so I've had people come up to me, uh, when I went to this con in New Jersey and they were like, Hey, I was at that con in Philadelphia. Do you remember me? And I did, I, I recognized them and it was so sweet that they came they were like, Oh, I, I saw you and I was so excited to, to see you again and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's really nice, like making connections, even if I'm terrible at names, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I remember your face. I remember you. Um, I do. I just can't remember your name, but but it's it's so nice just to meet people and and make connections. And I think that's way more important than the number of people you get to meet or that know you. Yeah, exactly. They will remember it. Yeah, you can. It's so easy to. It. I've learned it is so easy to just make someone's day by doing the simplest thing, like you know, giving them a hug or you know, you know, doing some just something very simple, and they, then they remember it forever. Um, and it's crazy. All right, so one of one of the most popular and talked about anime of 2018 was Darling in the Franks. Uh, can you talk a bit about your role as Naomi and what you uh, enjoyed about working on that series? 
So in Darling in the Franks, um, I'm not spoiling anything, um, but when, when we meet Naomi, she's Hiro's partner. Um, it's not working out because, you know, they, they aren't able to pilot a, a, a Frank, so they're not able to do it. Um, and it's frustrating. So they, they tell them, you know, you're not, you're basically like, you're, you're broken, you're broken, you're not working. Um, so we have to send you back to where you came from, where you grew up, the garden or whatever. Um, and Naomi tells Hiro, you know, you need to stop being so hard on yourself. You need to stop doing this and that. Um, and then she makes him stay and says, I'll, I will be the one to leave. You stay here and figure yourself out. She's, I don't, I mean, I don't know why I can't remember why, but she does that and, um, she leaves and then she immediately, the, I don't know what it's called. It's a giant ball, a capsule that she's traveling in, I guess, taking her away, uh, gets attacked by a Klaxosaur. And then we don't know if she's ever okay um, until the very, very, very end um, of Frank's. Um, so, I mean, when I, oh, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> my dog loves to bark. Um, but when, um, <laughs> but when, uh, when you, when you meet Naomi, or when I went in to record for Naomi, um, recording with Cliff was great because um, there was so much. He was very passionate about the show. And making it very good. Um, and even for the, I mean, I can only imagine how much effort he had to, or he put in, you know, for all the other characters that had way more lines than Naomi. But even when I went in, he gave, you know, a lot of people would just write off Naomi and be like, okay, she has only has like 10 lines in this episode, whatever. Just say the lines, bye. Um, yeah. But he was very particular about how I said things and he was he was very particular about wanting a certain level of emotion even with Naomi because I mean she's there is a lot of emotion because she's kind of feeling like a failure she's leaving all of her friends and everyone she knows so he was like you need to be you need to be even more upset you need to be sad you need to be even more like he even though I didn't have that many lines he still pushed me to you know go one step farther one step farther even more because and there's also a part where she's yelling at Hito and telling him, you know, stop being a masochist, like or stop being a martyr, like stop it, like stop doing it. Um, and, um, you know, he he really pushed me. And so I can all I mean, Cliff put so much attention to detail into that dub. Um, so, I, I mean, it's fabulous. And I could tell just by doing that one episode, you know, that. That it was it was going to be a great, a great project because he put so much effort into even just my minimal, you know, part that I had to play. So the, I can only imagine that how those other sessions with the other actors went. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, cause we also, we didn't know where the show was going to go. We had theories about Naomi. We were like, Oh, is it going to be kind of a cliche? Is she going to come back and do something? And then, you know, it, it ended up, it ended up going in a completely different direction. And, you know, yeah. and, and Naomi come, Naomi does come back in the end. Cause, um, I won't say like how or why or whatever. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it, but she does come back in the end. And, um, and it was it was very nice because you know they all got to be together again and it was it was nice and I, doing the show was was really fun. So that's great. Yeah, Cliff did a really really good job directing that. the 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 level that uh, the performances that he got out of a lot of the actors was was one of the best things about that series. 
It was amazing. I mean, I could tell that just from that, that first session, cause that was episode one. I was like, wow, he really cares a lot about this dub. Um, and I think Cliff does that with any show he's doing. Um, I've noticed cause you know, I did new game with him too. And, and you know, he, he does put a lot of effort into whatever show he's got. Um, so if you ever see Cliff directing a show, you should always check out the dub because he always does a, a fantastic job at getting the right emotions and and feelings out of people. Uh, all right, we're going to jump to another series now uh, and talk a little bit about Steinsgate. Now, Steinsgate was a bit uh, of a different kind of role for you because you actually picked up uh, the role of Mayuri in the middle of a dubbing season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was... That was that was really interesting. It was it was a cool experience. So when going into an established character like that, did you want to take direction from the director and but still make it your own, or did you want to stay true to the vision of uh, Ashley Birch? I very very much wanted to stay true to Ashley and her what she'd already established with Mayuri. Um, and 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 it was it was so important. I leaned so heavily on uh, Chris George, who was directing Steins Gate Zero. Um, because, you know, he had worked with her up to that point. So I was leaning very heavily on Chris um, because, you know, he'd worked with Ashley up to that point for Steins Gate Zero. And I wanted to stay true to Ashley. And a lot of times directors will not tell you, you know, how to read a line. They won't say, read it like this, and then they'll do the line. They want you to have the freedom to act and, and give your own take on it. Um, but in this case, I... I was not even offended or mad at all when Chris would say, read it like this instead, because I trusted him that he was going to make me sound even more like Mayuri, um, mm. which is what I wanted. Um, and so I was always be like, yes, I will read it exactly like that. I won't change a single thing. If you think that's the way it needs to be read, I trust you. Um, I also tell people uh, I'd never seen Steinsgate before getting that part. And I, I mean, it's, it's one of those shows that everyone knows about it, but like, and you're like, Oh, I'll watch it one day. Uh, yep. <laughs> and that was, that was the week. That was the week I watched all of Steinsgate. I, I went in on Monday and they tried me out. They were like, Hey, we want to just, we don't know if you're going to fit, but you were one of the people we thought of to voice match. Um, and so we want to see if, how well you can voice match Ashley. So I went in and I, I said some of her lines and they were like, yeah, you, you're a great fit. Um, so we'll see you on Thursday. That was a Monday. And then they're like, we'll see you on Thursday and we'll keep recording this episode. And so because I knew Steinsgate was such a big deal to a lot of people. And I also know that I, I, I know that it's a very jarring experience to, and it sucks when you're pulled out of that moment of when you're watching a show and you're like, oh, that voice isn't the same. And then it pulls you out of the experience of watching a show. I didn't mm -hmm. want people to be pulled out of that experience at all because I know how much it sucks when that happens. Because, I mean, I've watched shows where I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And then I kind of lose my my emotional attachment to that moment that's happening at, when I'm watching a show. So I, uh, I went – I after that Monday, I started – Right when I got home, I went home and I put on season one of Steinsgate and I watched all, all 24, 25 episodes. And then I started all of Steinsgate zero dub as, and I watched all of it before that next session on Thursday. So I was like hardcore wow. binge. I was hardcore <laughs> binge watching it. It was, 
it was really intense. Um, but it, I'm so glad I did it because I went in on Thursday and we went in and we redid some of the stuff that I had done on that Monday. Cause I didn't do a lot, but it was more of a trial run, I guess, to see how I would fit. Um, and I went in and, and Chris looked at me, he goes, he goes, man, you sound even closer. He's like, I didn't think you could sound even closer to Ashley, but you sound even better now. And I was like, I hope so. Cause I just spent the last 48 hours watching Steinsgate nonstop. I hope I sound better. Um, and, and yeah, so, and I, I'm so glad that I did that. Cause I, it was the biggest compliment. I was very much prepared to get some negativity online from people that are really hardcore fans. And honestly, I have not had a single negative comment, uh, which I was very surprised about. Um, it was it was the biggest, highest form of flattery when I had people tweeting at me on Twitter and going, "What episode? What episode did you start? Like, I cannot, I can't tell if that's you or not." <laughs> and I was like, "Good, <laughs> yeah, I, that is no better whole... praise than that." <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, "Oh my!" And that was a huge weight lifted off off my shoulders because Funimation had made an announcement that it was happening, that I was it was switching voices. Yeah, on Twitter is where I saw it. Yes, and so I was prepared for some for some backlash. And so when I heard when people started tweeting me, going, "What episode are you starting in?" Because I I honestly have no idea which one is you and which one is Ashley. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that was a huge weight just lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Okay. I, I did it. <laughs> like I, I succeeded. It was great. And then for the rest of the series, when we recorded it, I, I just, you know, I was very much, I was very excited to get to be a part of something like that. And, and I still don't know if, if they're going to go back and re-record Ashley for the rest of it for, putting it on DVD. I have no idea. And even if they did do that, I would not be angry or upset or mad at all because it, it was so weird. Cause I just feel like I was borrowing my Yuri for a little bit. And now I'm just going to like give it back to her. <laughs> it, it's one of those feelings where you're like, it's not really mine. You're like you, this is your baby. Like you created her and her quirky little personality and how cute she is. And that was all you. And I did, I just came in and did exactly what you did. Um, so it, it was, it's very much a, I felt like I was borrowing it and I'm glad I got to experience it because I was very, um, I was, I was very happy with the work I did in the show and I was really excited with some of the scenes I got to record. I felt like I, I got to do a lot of meaningful stuff as an actor and so I was really glad to have that experience, regardless of whether they go back and replace my voice or not. Um, I'm just I'm still very grateful that I got to do it and be a part of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, your your performance was great. Oh, I got to uh, compliment you on that. Yeah, it was uh, almost unrecognizable, like you said. So thank you. Fantastic. I thank you. I I try. Let me tell you, I, I dreamed about Steinsgate when I was binge watching it. I, I would watch all of it and then I went to sleep and then I dreamed about Steinsgate and then I woke up and I watched more Steinsgate. <laughs> it was like a never ending loop for that week. I was like, wow, I I'm good on all my Steinsgate watching for a long time. And now the the video game is coming out and I want to I want to get it and play it because yeah. now I now I love Steinsgate. <laughs> It's a fantastic series and binge watching it probably is the best way to consume it. 
Oh, oh yeah. I, w- I would have been very confused if I had had to watch that week to week. I don't think I yeah. would have gotten through it. <laughs> uh, so last year, other than Steins Gate, you also got to play the lead role in Citrus. Uh, that was a very much talked about series for a number of reasons. Uh, what was it like when you found out you scored the lead role in that? And what did you want to bring to the character of Yuzu? I was so excited. I, I don't say this about a lot of characters because a lot of times when you audition for roles, you audition for so many things. Like the the kind of the golden rule is send in your audition, do your best job on the audition and then forget about it, you know, because don't get attached because there's hundreds of other people also auditioning. So just forget about it. Don't don't stress out because if they want you great, but don't stress out because if they don't want you, it's very the odds are more in your favor of not getting the part. Right. However, I broke that rule when it came to citrus, <laughs> which <laughs> I got very lucky. Um, the first subtitled episode was already out and I knew I was going in to do an audition and I'd already heard buzz about the show and I kind of wanted to watch it regardless because it looked interesting to me that season. Um, so I watched the first episode and I immediately was like, I, I said, I said, come hell or high water. I am going to be Yuzu or May. I don't care which one it is. I will be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> which you should never do because I got so no. attached and I was like, I want this so bad. So I was like driving to Funimation on my audition day, like in my car practicing like what I would, what I would sound like as Yuzu and what I would sound like as May. Like I was, I was so, I was like, I want to nail this audition. I want it so bad. Um, I went in, I did the audition and then again, I just told myself, I was like, you know, do not get your hopes up. You you did really good on your audition, but do not get your hopes up. I then found Keep out the like, expectations in check. Yes, exactly. I was like, I don't want to disappoint myself. And I found out like later that week, because that's that's pretty how fast auditions go sometimes. Is wow. later that week I got I started getting booked to do a lot of recording hours. And so I was like that kind of was what told me like my, the little red flag in my brain went up and said, you got something, (laughs) I got something. And I think, and I think I booked one of those lead characters. And uh, sure enough, when I went into the first recording session, uh, Kristen, the director was like, was like, she could see it on my face, like how excited I was. And she goes, Oh man, you already figured it out. Didn't you? And I was (laughs) like, and I said, which one am I? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, and then she told me I was Yuzu and I got, I was so happy. Um, and I don't know what it was about that show. I I just thought like it was so special. Like the whole concept of the show was so interesting and it hadn't been like that whole LGBT relationship. There's at that point last year, cause that was January of last year. So literally a whole year ago, um, it, it, it hadn't really been explored in mainstream anime in like a, a way that was respectful and not just yeah, making not fun of an LG. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, there was something about that that made me really want to be a part of the project because I knew that it was going to be special to a lot of people. And I just, I wanted to be a part of something like that. Um, it was, and I always tell people there was a lot of, you know, you know, controversy surrounding that first episode just because of how it yeah. ended with, you know, the whole like consent thing was brought up. And I tell people now, now that the whole show is out, I tell them, I say, watch the whole show because when you, when you watch it, you, you start to discover May as a character and you have, you kind of have to read, a lot of people don't give Citrus enough credit. It's a very deep show and 
I think if you read the manga, I'm sure it's even deeper because sometimes the manga is able to do more than, you know, an anime can. Mm-hmm. But um, you learn you learn stuff about Mei through watching her and her interactions with Yuzu and then the rest of her family that Mei didn't have the best childhood. She wasn't a normal kid and she was always in these forced relationships and all these other kinds of things. So you kind of start to realize and then you look back on the first episode where she, you know, forced that kiss upon Yuzu and you realize she didn't do it because she just was trying to be a creepazoid or something like that. Uh, she did it because she just genuinely doesn't know how to have re- handle relationships. And like, she doesn't know how to, cause you kind of get the sense over the course of the show too, that may really does like Yuzu. She just doesn't know how to say it. Um, and so the way she says it is through, you know, kissing and you know thinking that oh well I'll show you I love you through sex that's how I know because that's the only thing she knows so it's a Mm. lot deeper it's a lot mental than a lot of people give it credit for and that's what I tell people I'm like if the consent thing bugs you there's a reason for it they didn't just put it in there for fan service there is there's a character reasoning behind it um and I also tell people and if the stepsister thing bugs you my genuine thought on that is uh the I feel like the writers were just like, hmm, I need a way to put these two girls together at all times so they can be in lots of situations together. How yeah, can I do that? that label oh, on it. They're, they're, they live together. So, yeah, that's I feel like that's why. Oh, there's my dog. I'm going to I'm going to make my dog be quiet really quick. Um, oh, good. But oh, good. but that's but I feel like that's why they they did the whole stepsister thing, because I think it was just a. Uh, we need these girls to be together all the time. Um, and so that's that's why. But yeah, it's uh, a great yeah, show. And I, I, ha- I always recommend it to people if you want to watch. And now I'm so glad that there's so many other studios over the last year, like Sentai and some other uh, studios doing, doing shows that focus heavily on LGBTQ relationships. Um, like one that is, I know Sentai did a couple this past year. One of them is Bloom Into You. Um, and then they also did one about, um, two, two guys that fall in love with each other. And I can't, I, it's, 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 I can't remember exactly what that one was called. Um, but I'm so glad that there's just more, I guess, respectful and, um, representation and shows that are representing those kinds of relationships in a, in a more positive way, because I Mm -hmm. think it's been sorely lacking in the anime space and it's, I think it's going to start, you're going to start seeing a lot more of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it's been lacking in the anime space, but it's definitely been lacking uh, in tasteful, proper representations. Y- yes, of, yes. Uh, it's the, it's the, yeah, it's the whole like respect part. You're like, it, it's like, is this, is this show making fun of this relationship or is it showing it off in a, in a realistic and respectful way? Um, and I think, I think you're going to start seeing more of those tasteful, kinds of examples of those relationships in anime and it's going to be great uh so how do you personally prepare for a new role do you uh watch the original anime like you just did hint that you you do or do you read the manga before going in or do you like to go in blind and let the director kind of bring you up to speed and and shape your uh your voice well when i sometimes if a show is already out like citrus i knew it was coming out and i knew there was an episode out so i watched it because again i i just had this feeling that the show was going to be something special so i actually sat down and watched the first episode 
Um, and then I, I also, but there's also times where I go into auditions and I've never seen the show before, which was the case with New Game. I'd never seen the show before. I'd never watched it, never heard of it. Uh, and I went in and I did the audition and then I got cast. And as we went through and did the show, I, usually when I when I get cast in a show, I don't watch the show as I'm as I'm doing it because I don't I'd like to experience things with the character. So once I once I got cast as Yuzu, I stopped watching the show and I just would basically watch it when I went in to record it. But once I do get cast in a show, I basically will stop watching it because I want to experience those oh my gosh moments or those you know all those emotions right then and there. Like if something big happens to a character and some big reveal, I want to know, right? I, I don't want to know at home and then try to recreate that emotion yeah, later. I'd rather, I'd rather moment. have it. Yeah. I'd rather have it right then and there ready to go. That way, if I'm supposed to be really surprised, I genuinely have that shocked feeling right then and there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Like that happened with new game where I wasn't watching the show at all. And again, I won't spoil the show, but at the very end of season two, something happens. It's a very bittersweet life moment that happens um, where you're like, it needs, it's one of those moments in life where it's like, okay, well, you know, this thing has to happen. You don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. And it's very sad. And, um, and I didn't watch the show and Cliff even told me, he was like, you're not watching the show, are you? And I was like, no, <laughs> he was like, good. Cause I don't want you to watch the episode before you come in. And I said, okay. And then we got to the last episode and I was so upset. I genuinely cried when I recorded that, that scene because I was so upset and I looked at Cliff and I said, I hate you. <laughs> and he goes, it's not my fault. And I said, I, I, I hate all of this and I hate you. <laughs> for making me feel this and he was like well too bad you have to record it and but it, it turned out great and I that was the first time I ever genuinely cried and let out tears for a character um it was it was great I loved every minute of it looking back on it but in the moment I was very upset because Alba was very upset um <laughs> and so so yeah I try not to watch shows that I'm in because I want to have that moment where I can I can go through the the emotions with them. Uh, so you've been working in the industry for quite a few years now. Uh, how's the dubbing process changed since you've been working in it? Uh, so primarily with the rise of the, the simul dubs. So has that changed the process of how things run internally and how um, how quick things have to be turned around? There's always pros and cons to doing simul dubbing. Um, and you, we've, we've learned more, more of you know, the pros and the cons as we st started doing more of them. And some of them you, you don't realize. And then you start doing so many simul dubs and you're like, oh man, I miss, I miss this about, you know, just doing a DVD dub or something like that. Um, Cause it's, it's so great to have so much anime come out so quickly, but there are, there are some drawbacks. And it, I started when we were doing DVD dubs and basically, you know, we were just doing straight to DVD, you know, and it would, the way that would work is you would get called in for a show and, or an audition. You would go in and for a character and you would record, let's say the show is 12, 13 episodes. You would get called in, you would for maybe like a three or four hour session and you would record for all of the, every single episode, all 13 episodes, wow. um, all at once. And then they were like, great. You can't talk about it until it comes out on DVD next year, you know? Wow. Um, and then you have to sit there and go, no, I want to talk about it. Um, 
but uh but yeah so you would you would do that and so then maybe maybe in a, a couple months later you'd get called in again for something completely different so it was more like month by month um you know you get called in and you do everything you're like great i'm done i'll see you guys in a few months i guess i don't know um but now with simul dubs it's it's every episode once a week so um you're basically going in once a week if you're in a show and you're only doing one episode at a time um so it in that aspect it's it's created more almost more work in a in a way yeah. um more consistent work for actors if they can get into shows consistently again i say consistent but it's never consistent um depending <laughs> on if you get past it all i mean it just depends on what shows you have and what you're going to be in and what what directors think you'd fit in a part but um but yeah so it's very much week by week now it's not like oh we have three months to get all this recording done. It's like, we have one week to do this one episode, um, which is crazy. Um, but they've made yeah. it, they've made it work somehow. And it's, it's crazy. And another kind of, you know, drawback is, you know, you can't do as many auditions as you used to. I mean, there's still auditions, uh, it, but it all depends on the scheduling. So if a director has another show that's finishing up, um, before the next the next season is starting um maybe they finished their show early um or one of, or their show was the first show to finish up for that season before the new one and they have like a week or a week and a half before they have to start working on the next show they might fill up that week with auditions because uh, they have the time uh, and a lot of but a lot of times that doesn't happen and it's like okay i finished episode 13 of this show i have to start recording the next show on monday so there's absolutely no time for auditions it kind of depends on how the schedules are laid out um yep. and so that's you so you do kind of miss going in and auditioning for a lot of stuff but they, they still exist. There's just not as many um, due to this, you know, the fast paced nature of all of it. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, and then I, I love, you know, I love being able to talk about the characters I'm voicing, you know, two weeks after I get cast as them. Cause it used to be, Oh, you have to wait a year and a half. Uh, and then you forget you even voice the character <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of pros and cons and it's changed a lot. It really has. There's been a lot of changes, you know, some good, some bad. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I'm sure that the other people have different experiences and things that they like about it and things that they don't like about it. And you're going to have that with, with anything. I think there's pros and cons to everything. So you could, you could find something to hate about whatever method you use, um, but, you know, I always try to be like, you know, I this is what we're doing now, so we're going to go with it. And I'm going to have this positive outlook because, I mean, I think it's great. I think, you know, I think simul dubbing is great. I, I think that I do think that we've all become spoiled on the Internet when it comes to anime because we get it so fast Definitely. now. And uh, and uh, and sometimes, you know, when and a show might get delayed for a week, um, maybe because someone got sick. Who knows? Like maybe they just yep. genuinely ran into some uh, tech technology issue or something that they couldn't put the episode out that week. And then people freak out on the internet and go, Oh my, yeah, they go, Oh my God, I have to wait another week. I'm like, Oh boy, you, you forgot when you had to wait a whole two years for that show. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, so it's crazy. And I, even I have to remind myself because I do that too. I'm like, Oh man, I can't watch that this week. Like that sucks. And then I'm like, well, at least I don't have to wait a year. (laughs) because <laughs> I could wait yep. a year. People don't think like that, though. So All I'm right, so I... moving on, uh, you 
outside of the anime work, uh, you also have a YouTube channel with close to 10,000 subscribers on there where you do English covers of anime theme songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen English anime openings in the past. If there was one series that you'd love to do an official English opening for, what would it be? Oh, God. I love Magical Girls, so I'd want to do, like, an opening for a Magical Girls show. Um, like, I love Card Captors. I feel like no matter oh, what I... music music they make for Card Captors, it's gorgeous. So I'd love to do, like, a Card Captors opening. Like, that would be so great. Um, I, I mean, and I just love Magical Girls. So, or anything that sounds really cool. I love Idols, too. So getting to do Idol music would be really fun because it's always happy and peppy and and yeah, Heartbeat. so yeah, yeah. If you if you go through my YouTube channel, it's really funny. You can really tell like what shows I like and the kind of shows I like because um, it's a lot of you know cutesy like fun shows. I don't. It's not a lot of like shonen anime. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not a lot of like you know my hero or anything like that because I. Oh, I genuinely, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, what's funny is I actually have been doing a a, a good handful of openings from Boruto because I've been watching Boruto and I love the music for Boruto it's I think it's great and I love music from Naruto it's just whenever that music was coming out I didn't do a YouTube channel so I think it would be fun to go back and actually do some of my favorite Naruto openings because I do love a lot of the songs from Naruto like I could make a whole album (laughs) with just Naruto music it's it's crazy um but yeah I I I, I do want to, I, I think it'd be so fun. I got to do, I got to do the official music for when we did the Magical Index movie. Oh, yes. Um, I was, yeah, I was really excited. That was one of the first things I got to do. And I got cast because they knew I was a singer. Um, and so I was so excited to get to actually do like official English something in a in an anime. I thought that was so, so cool. Um it was kind of like a dream come true. I was like, oh, that's so neat. Like, I'm the official English voice, and I get to sing these official words. It's amazing. And it was really fun. Um, so I, I I would love to do it again in a different show if it ever came up again, because I love doing it. Fingers crossed for you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so other than the YouTube channel and the singing, what else do you do in your downtime uh, when you're not working? When I'm not doing voice acting, um, my other job – Currently, uh, I used to be a full-time choir teacher, um, but I quit to do, because I was, it was just a lot of factors. I didn't like where I was working. My bosses weren't the greatest, and and I didn't like the school I was at, so I kind of quit. So I tried to find another teaching job, uh, and I told myself, you know, it's okay if you don't get another full-time job, um, uh, and you can, you can always do substitute teaching, which I do currently do substitute teaching in my area. Um, that's kind of like my other part-time job, I guess you could say. Um, and I love it. I love, I still love it. It's great. I, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, but it was so, it was so nerve wracking because I told myself again, I told myself, you know, if you don't get a full-time job, it's okay. You can substitute teach to make money. It's okay. You're not gonna, cause that's a very scary thing, quitting your job. Um, yeah, of course. And uh, it was I had to just constantly tell myself, you know, it's okay. You can still substitute teach. You're not going to be like homeless or something. (laughs) It'll be fine. (laughs) We'll Um, do voice work for money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) On the side of the street with a tin. And and what's funny is me quitting my job actually, you know, it was kind of I took it as a sign that it's okay. Like you're doing the right thing Um, because I, I quit my job and I was actually able to get more 
you know, voiceover work because, you know, working a working a nine to five job basically as a teacher, I wasn't I wasn't able to be available for them to call me in for a lot of recording. Uh, so when we did like the year that we did New Game, that was when I quit my job and I got New Game because I had more time in my schedule. And so if I hadn't quit my job, I wouldn't have gotten cast. Um, no flexibility. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, teaching, they don't give you that many sick days. But with substitute teaching, I basically make my own schedule. So if I have a day that I can't work, it's perfectly fine because, you know, I I, I make my own schedule for substitute teaching. Um, they don't assign me a job. I just I go in a computer system and I pick which job I want to take. Um, so it's it's a lot more flexible, but I still get to, you know, do teaching and, and working with with kids um, which is super fun. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's really great. And I kind of forgot what the original question was, but because <laughs> no, I've been going off a, about teaching. <laughs> I think it was just, uh, what you do in your, your downtime when yeah, you're not yeah, working. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I sometimes, no, I no, no, that's and cool. I, and I, I do forget, the kids I'll forget that you the teach, question. do any of the kids that you teach, uh, know of your voice work or? Um, know who you are? Usually the kids that I teach, they don't know what I actually do because my maiden name is Megan Shipman. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I started voice acting before I got married. So I still use Megan Shipman. Um, but now that I'm married, I use my married name when I like substitute teach. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, there were a couple kids like, uh, back when I was teaching full time, there was a really sweet girl. I remember her name was Rosa. I will never forget. She was so sweet all into anime and, and, you know, cutesy kawaii stuff. She was so adorable. Mm -hmm. um, I remember uh, towards the end of that school year, she was an eighth grader. She was about to go to high school. Uh, she uh, she asked me, she Googled me, and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. no. no. Um, uh, she Googled me and found out that I had been in Seraph of the End. I was like a character that died in the very first episode. Um, but that was a big deal to her. She was like, oh, my God, is this you? She was like, Miss Shipman, is this you? Is this you? Is this you? And I was like, you know, I told her, I was like, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> you're crazy, Rosa. But then, you know, towards the end of the year, I told her, like, yes, Rosa, it's me. I don't – it's fine if you know. And she she was just so happy and ecstatic. She was like, that's so cool. I didn't know you did that. And it was crazy. And I can't tell you how many times I would see kids walk in with, like, Dragon Ball, you know – book bags or something and I wanted to so bad to be like you have no idea oh, how cool I am to you <laughs> like I could instantly become your favorite person on the whole wide world um if I told you what I do <laughs> but I, I didn't um there was also a time when I was full-time teaching that I think kids googled me again and I did lunch duty so I was like in the cafeteria just monitoring all the kids to make sure you know nothing crazy happened and I had these kids call me over to a table and they were like, Miss Miss Shipman. And I said, yes. And they said, do you know what One Piece is? And at this point, I'd been in <laughs> One Piece. <laughs> and, yeah. I, I looked, and I looked at them like they were, I'm like cracking up on the inside. But on the outside, I just told them, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. What What is One Piece? And they were like, you know. And they gave me like the look. They were like, you know one piece, like I like some magic word <laughs> or something. And I, I just, I had like a poker face and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That is, that's crazy. And I just walked away and I thought it was the funniest thing because they knew and I knew, <laughs> but I didn't want them. I just wanted to give them a hard time. So it was really funny. <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah, it's funny. All right. So 
we're getting to the point where we're going to uh, wrap up very shortly. But uh, I like to uh, ask this question of a lot of voice actors, and a lot of them try and play the politically correct. They they can't pick just a single role. They all their roles are important. So I've changed it up. If you could pick three of your personal favorite roles, what are they and why? Okay, so I have I have two because I okay, I get good. asked this question so many times that I've I've gotten it down and I I've I've figured it out. I, I was like I have to figure it out, even though it is so hard because it's like picking a favorite child. Um yep. but you you know, even when you're a parent, you still have your favorite kid. You just don't tell the other ones which one is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I I always tell people the show that I just overall enjoyed working on the most as an entire project was Citrus. Because it was so fun getting to go in and record with Kristen, who I'm good friends with, and we, we have so much fun together. It was like getting to go hang out with my friend every single night that we recorded, and then we also were happening to make an anime at the same time. So it was so fun, and everyone loved the project. She was very passionate about the project, and we all wanted it to be the best it could be. And so I just have – I don't have any negative – memories i just have great fond memories of like getting to work with a friend and and get closer we our friendship grew over the course of recording that show and i just i i enjoy it so much i enjoy the memories and all of that the character that i relate to the most this is the one yep, that i guess that was- i as a as a person just if i just have this bond with this character cuz i recording it i was very emotionally attached to this one character it was alba from new game uh, because a lot of the emotions that she was feeling, because she's, you know, working at her dream job. And um, I always tell people, you know, I've I felt so many of those emotions, you know, because, you know, I mean, getting to work at Funimation, that's kind of like working a dream job. And so I used a lot of my life. I got to use a lot of my own personal life experiences um, when recording for her. And to to get the right emotions, and I was like, I know exactly how she's feeling because I did. I felt like that when this happened. My own emotions for her, which I'd never gotten to do for another character, because I just understood what she was feeling so easily, um, and she was so relatable um, that it's it's so hard to put into words like how that felt. So it's like recording for her was almost like recording my life in a way it was so it was so relatable and weird because I'd felt even if I hadn't been in those specific situations I could I could understand the feeling of working for your dream job and meeting your meeting someone you look up to um or being terrified that you might lose a job or being terrified that you're you're going to fail um and I had felt so many of those emotions because that's also right after I'd quit my job. Um, So a lot of the emotions Alba felt, I had also very recently felt, and I was able to put that into recording as her, um, which I'd never been able to do for another character before. So it was, it was a, it was very intense in a lot of different ways when I got to record as her because she just was so relatable to me and I was able to put a lot into it. All right, so we're about to, to wrap up this uh, this chat. Uh, thank you again, Megan, for coming onto the show and uh, explaining a little bit about uh, what it's like to work for Funimation. Uh, before we go, uh, is there anything you want to uh, say to the fans or, or plug your own work or uh, exciting, uh, get us excited for things to come? 
Where can we find you online? If you if you watch any of the shows that I'm in, thank you so, so much. Um, and if you like my work, thank you so much. It means a lot. I just want to say if you've watched any of the shows that I've been in or if you like anything that I've ever done or if I voice a character that you love and you enjoy my work, like, thank you for watching. Thank you for being so supportive. And I, I appreciate it so, so much. Um, and I hope I get to meet you one day and that I can, you know, tell you thank you in person because it's it's so it's so meaningful that I get to I get to, you know, voice people's favorite characters and I don't even realize it. Um, but so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to follow me and you want to keep up with me and talk with me, um, I have a Twitter account that I follow religiously. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, it's on Twitter. Yes, I'm always on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is at 18, so the number 18, and then MopTop, M-O-P-T-O-P. Don't ask me why that's my Twitter handle. It's a long story. I made it when I was, like, in college. I don't even – I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the one I use, so I'm stuck with it. Um, so that's where you can find me on Twitter. I'm always active. I might not be as active this month because Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out, and I'm trying to avoid spoilers but after I play the game and in February, I'll start being more active. Uh, if you want to follow me on YouTube and you want to hear me sing about stuff, uh, you can go, again, search MopTop, M-O-P-T-O-P. And I'm like the first channel that pops up. Um, and I do lots of covers of anime songs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I also stream games on Twitch, which is just Megan Shipman VA. So you can always follow me on there and watch me play video games and have a good time. And we can all hang out and play video games together. Um, and other than that, I think, I think that's about it. I think that's all the places you right. can find me. Cool. Well, thanks again, Megan, for, for coming on to the show. It's been great to chat to you and, uh, yeah. look forward to possibly catching up with you, uh, in the future again. Yes. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Talent Talk. Look forward to next week's episode where I'll be sitting down and talking to another voice actor from the anime industry and picking their brain. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing on YouTube or on your podcasting platform of choice so you never miss an episode. And feel free to communicate with me on Twitter at anygame underscore AU. That's A-N-I-G-A-M-E underscore A-U. And let me know who you'd love to see on the show. This has been Joel from Anygame, and I'll catch you in the next episode.